Hola, welcome to Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita, the only Spanglish anti-diet podcast that teaches you from a sociological lens, feminism, and intuitive eating coaching to dismantle diet culture. I'm your host, Dr. Hortense Jimenez, and I am passionate about dismantling diet culture and helping you heal your relationship with food and your body. I'm a mother, daughter, comadre, amiga, community member, professor, health coach, and published author. On this show, I share my personal experience with diet culture, tips and strategies, and educational content to help you understand diet culture and systems of oppression so that you can have the tools to challenge diet culture. Current and future generations do not deserve to inherit your diet culture trauma, and I'm here to help you. If you're on a mission to hear your body and food traumas and embody your authentic self unapologetic, welcome to Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita. Bienvenidos a Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita. This is your host, Dr. Hortense Jimenez. We are going to be talking about principle number six of intuitive eating, which is discover the satisfaction factor. So in this episode, I really want to invite you to begin this journey of finding pleasure and satisfaction in eating. This is easy to say, but difficult to do when you have experienced food traumas, if you've been a chronic dieter, if you don't have a good relationship with food, if you had or currently have an eating disorder, you know, I will meet you where you are at in your life. This is not easy, but it is an invitation to begin this undieting, unlearning, thoughts about food so that we can find pleasure and satisfaction. Unfortunately, because we live in a very toxic diet culture society, finding pleasure in eating promotes a lot of guilt and shame. Like we did something wrong for the mere fact of enjoying what we're eating. Think about when you were a child, when did you become aware that you couldn't find pleasure and satisfaction in certain foods? that your family member said those are quote bad foods they're not healthy foods we don't eat those foods but you like those foods and you found satisfaction and pleasure and then you couldn't eat them right and then of course you know we're bombarded by um, social media companies vilifying certain foods that we can develop a little bit of uh, shame for wanting to eat certain foods, okay? So one of the challenges is to, one, begin to explore, right, and appreciate the foods because we've been conditioned not to find pleasure. And finding pleasure and satisfaction of food is part of our healing journey, okay? Again, this is an invitation for a lifelong journey of developing a relationship with food and our bodies and satisfaction just in general, you know, finding satisfaction and pleasure in all the things that we do in our lives. Cosas sencillas podemos encontrar satisfacción y placer. No tenemos que invertir mucho tiempo y recursos. We do not need to invest a lot of time and resources to find satisfaction and pleasure on the little things that that Mother Earth gives us. And one of these is food, right? I love food. 
And I still struggle in finding certain satisfaction and pleasure because of the diet culture mentality, right? Because, you know, we're, I'm still working on unlearning a lot of this BS, okay? So let's go ahead and start by offering some reflection questions and then followed with um, some strategies of what you can do, okay? So I want to ask you, when you're going to eat, if you do have the time is, what do I want to eat? I don't know if you do a uh, grocery shopping list, you know, for your groceries for the week. I don't know if you do meal planning. And these are conversations we're going to have más adelante. But for now, do you ask yourself, hey, what do I want to eat this week? What am I craving? What are my taste buds for this week? And perhaps maybe they would change during the week and that is completely okay and normal. And I really want to ask you this is like, what do you want to eat? Because guess what? When we were children, I don't know about you, but I wasn't asked, Hortense, ¿qué quieres comer? What do you want to eat? Like those decisions were made by the adults in the house. Like they bought the groceries, they cooked and we ate the food. And if I didn't like it, pues ni modo, me aguanto y me tengo que comer la comida. So it's for your adult version, you have that power to ask yourself, what am I craving? What do I desire? What do I want to eat? Perhaps you want to ask your inner child, you know, these are foods that I really wanted to eat and I didn't eat them growing up. And now I am going to cook them more often or go eat them more often at a restaurant. I don't know, but what is key here is to ask yourself and give yourself that permission to think about the foods that you find pleasure, that you find joy, that you love, okay? Porque nuestras familias a veces no nos daban esa opción. And if you're a parent, you want to give your kids also options. Hey, what do you want to eat for the week? What are you guys craving? Where do you guys want to go, etc. Like get them involved in this in this conversation and this process, okay? Now that we address that, then I also wanna be super mindful in looking at the different, different sensory um, considerations because it does matter. Like how food smells, how it looks, the even how it's cut, the texture, all that matters. Todo eso importa en si le encontramos placer y satisfacción a la comida. So let's go ahead and um, begin with the sounds. <laughs> and I laugh because my kids, I think I chew too loud. Like when I'm chewing an apple or chips, they give me that stare like, ugh, mama, like close your mouth. I'm like, I have my mouth closed. It's just I'm just making a lot of noise and it's crunchy when I'm eating carrots, apples, and chips because of the nature of that food that I'm eating. But for other people that might be like, no sé, les da una sensación como de, oh, no, es, es mucho ruido. Or, or maybe you don't like crunchy food or food that makes like noise. So that is important. Like even the sound of the food. <laughs> If it's too crunchy and that's just too much for your sensory, está bien, no importa, no te la comas. And if other people are eating food that is making a lot of noise and you don't find that appealing, you don't find that um, satisfying for your ears, okay, but maybe the other person does enjoy that, okay? But it is important to acknowledge like even the sounds of the food, 
Okay, let's move on to the second one is the texture uh, of the food. So um, do you like silky food, um, smooth food, eh, comida chiclosa, eh, chiclosa, like, uh, I don't know how to translate that in English, like chewy, there we go, like chewy food. We already talked about the crunchiness of the food. Like I want you to pay attention to the texture of the food because some people do not find pleasure and don't find foods appealing because of the texture of the food. Let me give you an example. So I am Mexican. One of the um, foods that I normally don't eat that much because of the texture are tripas, uh, pork. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Pork intestines? No, I'm not sure. Son tripas. And it is the chewy texture that I just, I don't. But I think if they were like crunchier, maybe I would eat them. Menudo is another food that is very common for Mexicans. And I don't really find pleasure and joy and satisfaction in eating menudo because of the texture. Okay, and doesn't make me less Mexican because that's another thing, right? That our cultural foods, that we should be eating our cultural foods even when we don't like the texture of it. And I'm here to tell you that it's not true, okay? So I also want you to be aware what are foods that you don't find appealing because of the texture, okay? And you may wanna give yourself some space to explore that food in another texture because maybe you may end up liking it. You just don't like the way that it's cooked at the restaurant or the way that it's cooked at home, but you tried it and someone did it differently and then you like it. You just never know. So be open to exploring. Okay. Now let's talk about uh, the smell. So I have three kids and each of my pregnancies was different. Um, I think, I don't remember which child, um, the smell of garlic, hijo de la mañana, that was like, ugh, awful. I have a confession. I love garlic and I love onion and all my foods. Mm -hmm. Me encanta el ajo y la cebolla. I could literally eat un taco de ajo con frijolitos y una salsita and I'll be happy. I love eating garlic and I can make myself a delicious taco with beans and some queso fresco. Mm, mm, mm. But guess what? When I was pregnant, I could not stand the smell of the garlic. I could not stand the smell of many things. And so for any woman who has had children, you can completely relate to this, right? All of a sudden, we have zero tolerance to certain smells. And you're like, hey, what the heck? But because we're pregnant, right? But you don't have to be pregnant to say, hey, I actually don't like the smell of certain foods. I don't find them appealing. Like maybe roasted garlic is not for me or the onions or the bacon. Maybe the smell of the steak is the lo que sea, like whatever smells. Coffee, that's, I'm not a coffee person. That's another confession. I like teas. There's something about the smell of the coffee that I feel kind of like nauseous. Like um, it, it just, coffee isn't, me and coffee are not friends and that's okay because I like tea, but it's the smell of the coffee that I'm, I have this sensation in my body So again, pay attention to the aromas, to the smell of the food, because you may say this looks delicious, the texture is fine, but the smell, 
And you know what? You have unconditional permission to say, you know, I don't want to eat this food because honestly, el olor de la comida no me pasa. That's not being like delicada, delicado, delicade, that you're being um, like, yeah, you're being sensitive to the smell. And that is okay. We don't have to like all smells just because the food looks good, but we don't like the smell. You don't have to eat it. Like who's, because we've been conditioned, right? By our families, by society that, you know, food looks good. You know, what are you complaining about? Just eat it. But then you're like, I'm just not, the smell is just not getting to me, right? So again, be gentle with yourself as you are healing your relationship with food, because I don't know if you're in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, and you can't heal this relationship with food de un día para otro, from one day to another. It takes time. It takes time and a lot of gentleness and a lot of it experimenting and a lot of self-compassion too, okay? Now let's move on to the appearance of food. And here, here's the saying, right? Don't judge a book by its cover, right? Well, it's the same thing. Don't judge food by how it looks. That's what we are being told, right? Like, no estás criticando la comida, ya estás criticando la comida y ni siquiera la has probado. You're already criticizing the food and you don't even know if it tastes good because you are focused on the appearance. Because what if you don't find it appealing? The food doesn't look appealing, doesn't look good, doesn't look sexy. <laughs> Que la comida no, no te llama la atención. And that is valid. Do you hear me? It is so valid that you may not find food appealing just because how it looks. And if that's like one of your parameters for food and you're like, nope, I'm not going to try it. That's fine. If you're being pressured by others to try it and you don't want to, don't do it. You're not a child. Heal your inner child, right? Don't do it just to um, to appease, you know, other people you know, or even our, our elders, right? Pruébala, pero pruébala, mira qué rica está. And you're like, oh, pero no me gusta cómo se mira, right? You might find, they might find that offensive, right? So like, there's some boundaries there to establish and things that we need to kind of negotiate. But I'm here to tell you that the appearance of food will matter for some people and we can't shame folks because that's one of their like requirements or one of the things that they pay attention to and how the food looks um but my invitation is of course you know try try the different food even if it's different especially if it's food that's not from your cultural background we've got to be super careful and not be ethnocentric and judge other foods based on our own standards or are based on uh, Western standards of, of food, because then we are also demonizing and vilifying and placing certain culture foods in this lower uh, food hierarchy. And we wouldn't want to do that. We don't want to perpetuate more inequality and stereotypes and make assumptions and all this stuff as it relates to food, right? So also just be open to, to exploring different foods from different cultures. You never know, you might end up falling in love with that food, okay? So food appearance does matter. And, um, and let me give you an example. So I love ceviche, which is kind of like raw fish cooked in lemon juice. Uh, and I love fish ceviche. There's also shrimp ceviche, but I love fish ceviche. And I'm used to eating the ceviche like in a bowl, right? But I've noticed in some restaurants, they do like a tower of ceviche 
And I don't, I don't find that appealing. Maybe it tastes delicious, but like, honestly, for me, what I would like is ceviche in a bowl. And then I add it to my tostada. And in some restaurants, I've noticed that they put the tostada and then this tower of ceviche. And I'm like, nah, right? So here, the appearance, I just don't find that appealing. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just me. So every individual is unique. We all have our own unique preferences. Isn't that beautiful? And that's part of our own liberation and healing our relationship with food. But the only way to kind of get there is to explore, right? And, and set those boundaries with family and friends and others who may shame you or make you feel guilty or bad or, or criticize you for being super sensitive or por ser una persona delicada. You know, that's one of the ways that, that we begin to kind of hide our food preferences as well. Okay, now let's go ahead and uh, move on in um, discussing very briefly some of like the social or environmental impact or factors that may affect developing a pleasurable and satisfying relationship with food, okay? And so with here, I wanna keep in mind like even our own home environment, how does, what is your home environment? Do you live at home where, um, it's crowded with, uh, there's a lot of noise where you don't have a lot of privacy. Do you live in a home where you're the only one at home and everyone's at work or in school, you're working from phone, from home, but you're on your own or you're in the office. Like, I really want you to consider your environment, your home, your work environment, your community, your neighborhood. All of this also impacts our relationship with food, the satisfaction and the pleasure that we may find with food. Okay, and let me give you some examples. Okay, so in the home, and I oftentimes think about like toxic home environments, especially where there's um, like domestic violence, where uh, even, and these are cases that I know as a fact where um, men have a particular way that the women have to cook even how to like make and flip tortillas that's just crazy and toxic patriarchy but that's a fact it does happen it's going to be very difficult for the woman to find pleasure and satisfaction on food if the husband or partner is constantly belittling them making them feel bad oppressing them right no van a encontrar ese placer en la alimentación, en la comida, porque tu pareja no te está valorando. Tu pareja no te honra, tu pareja te está criticando, te dice que no eres buena para cocinar, que su mamá cocina mejor. O sea, it's just put downs and put downs. It's going to be hard for this individual to develop a um, healthy relationship with food or even finding pleasure, right? On the other end, it can also mean like, you know, the binge eating to kind of numb those feelings. You may find comfort in the food, right? So it can also go in the other direction. You know, depending also on your work environment, like we talked about it in the previous two episodes, right? About um, like having, do you have time at work to eat? What are your working conditions? Is that allowing you to not only feel your fullness, but to find pleasure in food, like also like what are the working conditions? Do you even have a lunch break? Do they even give you a lunch break, right? Is there a cafeteria? Is there a place in the um, office, you know, a lunchroom where you can eat your food? I, um, 
had a client, um, I did a one-on-one coaching and this client um, really didn't eat in public, especially at work, because um, this person was concerned that people will judge and criticize the food choices of this individual. So this client wouldn't take like a whole meal um, to work. It would mainly just be like a sandwich or granola bar or a yogurt. So my client was under eating at work because this client didn't feel safe, right? Didn't feel safe because this was a person in a bare body, didn't feel safe eating in public, eating at work. So we also need to keep in mind that like even the size of our body and people's perceptions and critiques that they make because of the body that they exist in, right? Um, Another thing that I want to point out too here is, you know, we talked about this in the previous uh, episodes too, is that distracting eating, you know, are you eating standing up? Are you eating sitting down? Are you doing other things? Can you just take a few moments to just like honor the food, honor the workers, honor Mother Earth for the food that, that you're going to eat? You know, sometimes it just takes like a minute to be in presence of the food. Yeah, it's todo, okay? Um, I, we, uh, talked about like the home environment, the work, and also like thinking and being in tune with our own emotions. Like if we are sad, if we're grieving, if we're stressed out, I mean, our emotions can become intense and overpowering and we can, we might be hungry, but we don't feel like even cooking or even dragging ourselves to the kitchen to eat something. And we wanna just do takeout, that is completely okay. Like, it's also about honoring our emotions. And I'm looking forward to our um, episodes ahead where I'm gonna talk about emotions and food. But again, for now, also pay attention to how you're feeling, okay? Um, and the last thing that I want to say is please, uh, allow yourself the unconditional permission to eat the foods that you find pleasure, that you find joy, the foods that you were prohibited from eating growing up, the food rules that you had to follow growing up, or perhaps that you are still following and you're trying to heal that, give yourself that permission. Remember that. These are societal standards, societal rules. They're basically arbitrary. Like who gets to decide, you know, what, when, and how much you're going to eat. You're the only person. Life is too short so that we don't enjoy our culture of foods, so that we don't, you know, enjoy foods from other cultures. Explore, find out, you know, is it the smell? Is it how it looks? Is it the texture, you know, what is it that you find, you know, pleasure and food and just be open, be open and explore, let your inner child explore different foods. You never know where this will take you. Muchísimas gracias por acompañarme. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you in the next episode. Nos vemos. Muchas gracias por acompañarme in Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really like it. If you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, you become eligible for a free 30-minute coaching session. That's right. Así como escuchaste. One free session. 
Once you leave your review, you can screenshot it and email it to me and I'll send you a link to sign up. If you didn't like it, don't worry, así está bien. Follow me on social media, on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Hortensia Jimenez.